The following is a message from the future, sent by Jamie from Progressive. Back in 2023, you could get help from Progressive Online through our mobile app or over the phone. But here, in the future, you'll be able to chat with us from space. Space, space. Maybe you're asking, why are you spending time on insurance in space? Shouldn't you be sculpting something out of moon rocks or jumping around with no gravity? Insurance seems more like a back on Earth kind of thing, right? Actually, in the future, space is no big deal. Errands are totally appropriate. That was a message from the future. future. Get the help you need today with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. Uh, it's actually, I think, our second podcast of the Biden administration. Alex, where do we begin? Oh man, I mean, we, I think we got to start, Joe, with impeachment again this week. Uh, I think signs are pending that it looks like it, it, conviction's never going to happen, but I think there's five GOP senators right now. Susan Collins, Toomey from Pennsylvania, Murkowski, Sass, and of course Mitt Romney helped ensure that there's at least going to be a trial. And it, it feels like after a lot of back and forth about moving past Trump, we're right back where we started. Uh, talking about we should just exonerate him right now. That's what the GOP saying. Uh, what's going on here? Uh, well, I keep saying it. Donald Trump is not going away. Uh, and he's not going away uh, for this party. And that's why they're still all chicken uh, of him. Uh, and why you only have five uh, who are, you know, voting the Constitution, not party, and not not uh, uh, falling out of fear uh, to kick this away uh, for him. Um, but uh, look, I still think this trial is going to happen. I think a lot of facts come out every day. And although it's unlikely that any facts, no matter how gruesome they are, are going to get us 17, um, 17 votes we need for conviction out of this party, I do think it's going to it's possible it's going to really shake things up uh, the more and make it tougher and tougher for the Republicans uh, to continue to, you, you know, it'll be clear that they're turning a blind eye to real insurrection and a president that incited it and, and actually wanted to overthrow the results of the election. Um, I think that'll be clear to everybody. And you're already seeing uh, a majority of the American people in polls say they want him to be barred from ever running again uh, and they want him to be convicted. And it gets it, 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 the, the number of people who want him to be convicted goes up when they learn that that's the best way to make sure he cannot run again. So I just think there's going to be a lot of pressure. In either way, it's better to go through with the trial clearly. identify. Look, if it is 55-45, the American people know who the 45 are, and several of them will be up in 2022. And frankly, the problem with that is those, uh, those senators that will be up are right now far more worried about a primary challenge if they stand up to to Trump than they are a general election challenge um, if they stand up for him. So uh, either way, they're going to be between a rock and a hard place, I think, uh, as I think a majority of people out there uh, know that the Republicans uh, that you know, just there's no place right now for the Republicans who to hide uh, who voted to overthrow the election and vote against uh, impeaching the president once it's clear he really did incite and drive this. So they're acting like they've already kind of won this thing because it's clear he's not getting to 67. But we obviously want them on the record 
like you said, in support or against him, looking towards a general in 2022, right? Well, it's going to be harder and harder for them to make their arguments. I mean, okay, so now it's all it's all about, you know, it's all process. Uh, that uh, uh, It's not constitutional, even though it is constitutional, uh, even though there is precedent. Um, you know, they're hiding behind the process arguments, but that's going to be tougher and tougher. The American people are going to see the evidence. They're going to see the videos played during this trial. They're going to see... Donald Trump's words uh, and his supporters saying, yeah, he sent me. I did it for him. Um, I mean, all these things are going to happen. Uh, the truth will out. I keep saying that. And I think, you know, again, I think uh, they may actually pick up some senators beyond the four or five, the five that we we, we just talked about. But it's going to be pretty ugly when you start looking at, you know, what these state parties are doing. Uh, oh, out yeah. in Arizona, uh, in, in Oregon, uh, you know, running uh, basically in Oregon, they're doing QAnon's um, "We Are the Storm" uh, slogan, sloganeering, and that tells you where why these Republican senators, you know, re- recall the harassment of of Graham uh, walking through the airport when he, you know, when he dared. Uh, stand up to the president for like a day, I guess it was, uh, until he got harassed in the airport. And then he 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 flipped back. So, you know, this is real fear and division in the party. Like I said, they're more afraid of primaries uh, from the Trump party. And let me make no mistake about it. It is the Trump party and will be uh, through 2022. And that's what this is all signaling. They all know what the president did, uh, but they aren't, you know, there's only four or five Maybe we get six or seven, but hell, you know, let's, okay, 57, 43, let's, uh, let's go for it. Um, we've got to stand up and say, you know, and call this out and, and identify, you know, and make clear who the people are in, in our government, in the Senate, in the House, who want to, who are, who were part of this and still are going to be part of it by not taking the president to task. It was interesting. You mentioned Arizona. I think they they not only censured Cindy McCain, but I think they censured the only Republican who's won a statewide for a bit now in Jeff Flake. Uh, and actually one that didn't really, uh, wasn't on a lot of people's radar. I think the Hawaii GOP was is all in on QAnon now. So it's everywhere. Right. And you also have the governor of Arizona saying not going to run for, for the Senate seat. Not going to run against Mark Kelly. Why? Because first of all, they're all ticked at him. So I don't yeah. know if they censured him or not. But the, the, you know, basically, he's on the opposite side of the Trumpies too. So he couldn't win the primary, or if he did, it would be such a battle that there's no way he'd be, he'd beat Mark Kelly. Here they are in a situation where they only, you know, Democrats. We have the Senate by vote uh, with Kamala Harris breaking the tie. And they really need desperately to win back Arizona uh, and Warnock in in Georgia. And Georgia, the same thing, attacking the elected officials, attacking the secretary of state still for not doing enough to to deliver Trump the 11,781 exact votes that he needed. So, I mean, I just think that as more and more of this becomes clear, the 45 or 43 or 42, look, some of them won't be up for six years, but the ones that'll be up in two years, I, I think we're going to see a lot more of them retire 
soon. Uh, you know, we yeah. don't know what, uh, you know, Grassley could retire. Uh, there are a number of them. Uh, and, you know, so we'll see what happens here. They may get a few more who break with the president and then announce their retirement. Uh, that could happen. I don't think we're going to get to 67. I agree with the people who can count and uh, and know how screwed up the Republican Party is right now and how fearful they are uh, of the president. But that's what this I'll go back to my first words. Keep saying it. Donald Trump is not going away. It'll probably take charges and the prospect of uh, fights in court and and conviction uh, in a court of law to remove him because these uh, the Republicans are just not going to have the guts, at least today, are not going to have the guts to do it. Uh, and they're crazy not to. It'd be far better, as I think McConnell, you know, as we've heard from behind the scenes, McConnell wants to get rid of him, hates him, uh, you know, thinks the impeachment, uh, you know, early on thought the impeachment would be good uh, as a way to separate from Trump. He was right about that. I don't think, but I don't think they're going to, they're, they're too fearful to do it. I think it, looking it up, they, they did actually censure their own governor, Ducey. What do you think? Yeah, well, that, that's my point. So yeah. <laughs> you, you just censured the one guy who might be a, might have been able uh, to mount a real challenge to Mark Kelly. I don't think, uh, you know, and we can say, well, no, he never really would have had a shot. So that's why he didn't run. You know, he's announced he's not running. But hell, there's no way he has a shot of the parties this split and this divided. He, you know, it would be a suicide mission. Um, and so, you know, that's what the, the Republican Party is turning into in a lot of these places. Um, and I don't look, the the reality is, uh, you know, in Arizona, something like o- over 9,000 Republicans have left the party and re-registered uh, as independents or Democrats after the, uh, and this is post the election. This is post January 6th. I mean, I, we're not talking about after November 3rd. We're talking about after January 6th, 9,000 Republicans left the party in Arizona. This is why, because the party's gone crazy. They've got a you know, you know, a Republican committee there and a Republican chairman of the party in Arizona that's off the rails and censuring people, you know, people like their governor, like uh, uh, Cindy McCain. And, and you have pieces of this happening throughout. I mean, in Oregon, you know, it, it, it's the fringe has taken over the party committees in a lot of these states and are actually going to control uh, a lot of these primaries or have a big impact on them. That's that's how Democrats have a big chance in 2022, uh, on the Senate side at least, uh, to build on the majority, particularly if we are effective um it, you know, with the president, the Senate and the House uh, to move the ball forward and get things done for people uh, and and uh, hone in on Joe, Joe Biden's message that he's not going to just represent the people who voted for him, but he's going to fight for the people who voted against him as well. If if, if Democrats can deliver on that against uh, it, when in when Republicans are moving further and further to the fringe extreme within their party. I mean, 75% of the Republican Party thinks Joe Biden won uh, due to fraud, that he isn't legitimate. This isn't just Donald Trump anymore or Holly or, you know, or any one of these, you know, their elected officials in the Senate. No, this is the party writ large 
under Trump's leadership and with them enabling it, the, the senators and members of Congress enabling it, have created a series of lies that have have now left their party with 75% believing full stock and you know barrel in those lies and and believing the current president was elected by fraud. Um, the problem with that is there's 25 or so percent of the Republican Party, uh, those 9,000 that are left in Arizona. We don't know how many are, are fleeing the party in other states, but I think they will. Um, and this is a party that hasn't won uh, the popular vote nationwide, you know, but once in the last, you know, in, in you know, well over almost two decades now. I think it is two decades since they, you know, where they won one, one popular vote. So that still means the, the Electoral College is there for them. Reapportionment is going to be their biggest asset moving forward um, due to the, some failures of Democrats this year. Um, but they're down to that kind of stuff now because of uh, their, their parties shrinking to the fringe. Uh, really never thought I'd see. I, I, I've always thought both parties were in trouble um, since the, you know, since the Internet um, started, uh, you know, in the Dean campaign um, and the party bosses had less control over nominations and things like that because of people being able to join together and network. Uh, I I thought that was going to be a good thing, but it's it's turned out it's taken at least the Republican Party in obviously in the wrong direction. So we'll get back to some of the the party math and redistricting, but I do want to ask what you make of the the Kane and Collins uh, censure proposal. Do you think that even does anything? This is for Trump. Yeah, no, I mean it 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 uh, look. I don't know about the timing of offering that up. Uh, I think. It would have made sense to go through the the process of impeachment uh, and the trial, uh, and then failing, uh, you know, with a with fifty eight votes or fifty five votes, then immediately uh, putting uh, a, a resolution for censure. I, I think it's a little bit, you know, it gives the Republicans. I think it it it, it makes obviously if he can't be impeached, it makes sense for there to be a, a, a bipartisan censure vote. I think the problem is we've got Republicans looking for any excuse. Uh, Jesus is not constitutional to impeach him. Oh, there there may be a different route. Uh, it gives them another excuse to say, no, I'm not voting for impeachment. I'm going to wait till the censure vote. I would have waited, I think. I feel like another week has gone by and we have yet another thing that we're already worried about for 2022. We got kind of a problem though. Uh, Republicans still dominate state legislatures, and in a lot of cases in 2020, even ran kind of way ahead of Biden in a lot of places. They are going to be able to redraw a ton of districts to their advantage. I think it came up that it's something like 115 seats are net positive for Republicans in terms of where they can draw the lines. Uh, What happened here, Joe, and what can we do about it? We're under like half of that in our ability to draw lines. Look... uh, you look at the lines and what's going on, and you know there's just in redrawing the lines, just the power that the Republicans are going to have in these legislatures uh, or in the, the the processes to redraw the lines. The, it, it, first of all, we should step back. It, this happens every ten years. There's a census. Uh, the census counts the people, and you know, and then says 
uh, estate lost uh, population, gained population, gained house seats, lost house seats, and you need to redraw your lines. And the legislature then, or, or in some places, you have independent uh, commissions. But in most of these Republican-controlled states, it's the state party, the state, excuse me, legislature um, draws the lines. Well, uh, because we didn't pick up any legislative uh, legislatures in 2020, because uh, this happens every 10 years. So the next time this will come up, uh, close your eyes and uh, like, just can't even contemplate this, but the next time we can draw a line, we might have the ability to uh, have more control or more fairness over drawing the lines. It will be in 2030. So these Republican legislatures are going to have the ability to, to, to draw these lines. And when you just do that, forget about arguing about safe, you know, marginal seats and who we're going to recruit and any of that other stuff. But when you just look at the, their advantage for where they can draw lines, they will gain 10 pure Republican drawn lines. I mean, they will be able to draw 10 new seats around the country that are completely Republican, safe Republican seats, the kind of seats that Jim Jordan or a Nunes can be, can do whatever they want, say what they want and get reelected. So they're going to pick up 10 seats just from their ability to redraw the lines. So we we got a very slim majority. Uh, right. we, we, we're going to have trouble in the midterm. A president usually loses seats as it is. So um, when you look at our our real, you know, the, the three, four, five, six seats that, uh, uh, you know, depending on who's confirmed in the cabinet and all those other things that are going on, that's why... Nancy Pelosi was not anxious to see so many House members become members of the cabinet. Certainly, she she'd love that, but the two or three that are now left and in the or will be in the administration uh, leaves the the you know leaves the House majority pretty bare. We've got it, but but not by mu- you know not by a dozen for sure far less, three or four, by the time this is all, everybody, you know, makes their move into the administration. And, you know, uh, you you look at that and realize, well, the president uh, usually loses seats in the midterm and we don't have anything to lose. And they're going to be able to redraw, have such a, a, a 115 seat line drawing edge for them that could easily mean that they pick up 10 seats just because of the way they draw the lines. So that's, you know, the, the that was the big defeat on November 3rd. We didn't pick up the Texas State House. And the party, you know, they've been doing this with a lot of discipline for, for decades, uh, the Republicans, realizing, I think, where demographically the country was going. Um, they stayed very focused on um, on local state legislative races, they put their big money, their dark money, it, big dollars into winning these state legislatures um, where Republicans, uh, I mean, Democrats, uh, we focused the entire time and always have on federal races, uh, the presidency, the, the, the House and the Senate. Uh, just look at 2020 as a great example. Where did, where did all of us meet? You know, everybody who gave, whether it was $10 or the max 2800 yeah. yeah yeah no the max they gave it uh, uh 
you, you know, in the federal races. You can't, you know, it, it's hard to get people to focus on it. A lot of people this time, for the first time, um, you know, you know, uh, Eric Holder had the, you know, National Dis- Democratic Redistricting Committee, uh, every district, there were, the uh, DLCC, they all, you know, started to focus a lot more on these legislative districts, but frankly, they were underfunded compared to the DSCC or the DCCC. We all were wanted to give money uh, to these Senate candidates by the, you know, millions. Uh, and I've said, if we just gave, if you gave $100 to your favorite Senate candidate, give $25 to, to something like every district to fight for these down ballot uh, races. Well, we didn't. They did. They've been doing it for decades. The result is they get to redraw the lines and you it will take a huge effort by Democrats to hold the House. I think there's ways we do that. I think if Biden uh, and the Senate and the House majority, we deliver, we get the vaccines out there, uh, it, you know, a pace, blow out our goal, the goals that the Biden administration has set, um, uh, knock the virus down, get the people the help they need, uh, get the states and cities the resources they need, and the economy starts to, you know, really um, uh, hit hit its stride as people are, uh, as we get back to closer to normalcy, and they see the difference between effective government and the incompetent, corrupt Trump four years that we and, and the Republican Party continues to go wacko QAnon fringe. I, I think we may uh, one pretty confident we grow the Senate majority, but I think we can um, if we recruit well, understand be, the the party progressives, moderates. Uh, conservative Democrats have to stay united and find the right candidate to represent, to, to fight for the district. Um, some of these districts we're going to have to compete in to keep the House majority. Uh, I think there's enough unity in our party that we can do that, particularly as the Republican Party continues to splinter. Um, but I, it's going to take a lot of discipline, a lot of compromise within the party. And we have to, the more important thing is to just be effective, to get to get real results on COVID and the economy before anything else. Uh, that doesn't mean we don't fight on climate change. We see what Biden's doing already. But I'm just saying, um, I think we've got to be prove that effective government works. Uh, and we own the government now, all through, you know, the Senate, House and presidency, which is a good, a big advantage to actually maybe get these things done and, and push things through. And I think McConnell's going to have a tough time holding his caucus together. Um, I think that's not a problem uh, for McCarthy in the House because the entire damn House, basically the entire caucus, save a few Republicans in the House, are you know are part of the doomsday party, the crazies. So, what I thought was interesting, if you look at it, we also it's not just a mentality from the donor base. We when we're in power tend to not be so great at at kind of drawing the lines ourselves. Uh, I, you and I have been talking about this before, but if you look at it, I think it's something like seven states have non-political independent commissions for redistricting. Yeah, they're California, Colorado, Hawaii, you know, Washington State. 
Uh, there's a couple Arizona and Michigan that are you know that, that give Idaho some credit. Yeah, yeah, rep, yeah Idaho too. Idaho. Yeah. yeah, no, no, but I'm just saying. But the the vast majority of the states, uh, you know, are essentially legislatures and uh, definitely uh, in republic. You know, where the Republicans hold both houses of the legislature, uh, it's you know almost all the legislators uh, uh, draw the line. So yeah, yeah, we'll. Uh, we'll set up the independent commission. So, you, you, you know, it's it's uh, it's just they have been doing this for a long, long time. Uh, like I said, for, for decades. And the 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 big, you know, the Koch brothers, the, I mean, a lot of the the big the billionaires that were um, investing in in the party were doing it. They were doing it for president, et cetera, but they were really doing it at the state and local level. And that's, by the way, why by neglect, by by Democrats not doing that, we'll look at how thin sometimes our bench can be uh, in terms of, you know, new blood coming up from the, from the, you know, front out of these state legislatures. We don't have a whole lot of state, as many state senators or state uh, delegates or assembling people uh, uh, that can, that, that can then run for governor. One of the reasons we have so few governorships. So, they invested at the almost bottom up at the state and local level. We've always invested it. Look, I'm guilty of this too. Howard Dean, um, you know, it, it, it's how we trained our donors, right? How did you learn? How did people decide, get excited about giving online? Howard Dean, Barack Obama, they're presidential candidates. And we start getting to a place where someone's upset at, they're all, we're all upset at McConnell and, Great, let's fund that candidate. You know, let's J- Jamie Harrison. Uh, uh, we all, uh, Doug Jones. You know, we all focus in that, and rightly so, that you know we wanted to go out and and really uh, compete at that level. But that's where our gaze always is: president, um, Senate, and House. And what's the place that's always sort of been left out of our focus is the the sort of state legislatures in legislative races, they've been much more predominant state legislatures. And yeah, they fight, they're big money guys can write a big check in that Senate race and they'll write big checks and IEs, you know, for the other, uh, other seats, but they know they've known for a while that their best bet, um, was, uh, by being able to draw these lines. And that's what they've been doing to us at the same time. You know, the Electoral College and the way the Senate's made up, Idaho gets two seats, California gets two seats, all from the founders, thank you guys, all work to their advantage. It's why the Senate is always going to be tight until we can start competing more uh, in places like North Carolina and South Carolina and, and, and you know, and, and some of these states. So we have to do what Stacey Abrams did in Georgia. We need to get that those kinds of things going in North Carolina, where there's 800,000 people uh, who who really look a lot like the targets that Stacey Abrams went after in Georgia and got, you know, and and, and put that state into contention. North Carolina is already tight anyway. If we just took those kinds of efforts, we would win some of these Senate seats. We'd win um, more the House seats we're going to need. But I also think we'd start winning at the local level in some of these state legislative races. And we got to do that in places like Alabama and Georgia 
and in, in North Carolina and Mississippi. And, and I think we've got to start looking at legislative races in places like South Dakota and Montana. Uh, we've had some success in Montana, places like Montana. Uh, we've got, you know, Tester, uh, uh, but we've got, it, people need to understand, I think, uh, how poisonous um, the, the, the Democratic brand was made by Trump and the, and the attacks uh, with a lot of people. And we've got to, uh, I think we can fight that more by investing more in local people that voters know in their area, in their neighborhood, uh, who's, who are Democrat, um, and make, um, and, and get more of them elected at the local level in the state legislatures. That, that stops it from being so easy to demonize the party writ large, which is what they've done uh, over the, you know, that didn't start with Trump, man, but it's been, it, it certainly got turned full force hot by him. All right, Joe, I got to ask you, this is definitely the story of the week. And you know that even when the Biden administration says something like they're looking at it, yep, we're talking about GameStop. Obviously with Reddit betting against the hedge funds this week, I wanted your take because you've done a fair bit of democratizing communications in the past. This seems right up your alley. What do you think's going on? I started it's kind of a weird thing. Um, you know, I my whole concept of the Dean campaign came out of being in um, back then chat rooms about uh, investment and stocks and, and, and things. And I, I saw small glimpses of this where, you know, a, a group of, of investors that were really excited about a company uh, and we're exchanging information online uh, and spreading the word could actually, you know, actually had an impact in, in, a, in a lot of cases, actually, you know, move the company forward, too, by getting it more word of mouth out there about about a company that had, you know, had something really good going. And that that got me, you know, seeing that being part of that early on made me th- start to think about how, what would happen if we could, uh, you know, if somebody ran, running for president could network like that, build a network, get supporters to join and help and fund it on, online. Um, and the Dean campaign came out of, you know, just I really wanted to do it differently. I thought there was a way to involve people more directly. And, you know, what's what I've always said is what people, what, what the top doesn't understand is, the, and we said this in the, in the Dean campaign, you know, the power changes country rests in your hands, not mine. Not, not the people at the top think they control everything. And technology, laptops, uh, the cell phone, particularly the smartphones, it's, it's more power now being moved, not by the ABCs and the NBCs, uh, you know, and the big uh, media uh, conglomerates, but no, it's going from the top to what's in your hand to you. Um, and that I thought was going to, it's obviously impacted our politics. Uh, unfortunately, it it empowered. <laughs> Not always for the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah, right. That's my point. And that's the danger sign here is that it, it empowered Donald Trump too. I mean, I often think like, God, did my helping lead the Dean campaign uh, to do the things that we did, you know, is, is, this, is this where I helped us all get to, you, you know, to Donald Trump? 
It's not. The technology doesn't know who's using it, but the, the, but the power of it is now at the bottom, m not controlled by the top anymore. That's obviously wreaked havoc on journalism, on our politics. And guess what? It's now wreaking some habit, havoc on Wall Street. And I can't say, by the way, I'm too depressed about that prospect. <laughs> yeah. However, I would point out that just like a lot of good that I think came out of the Dean campaign and came out of Obama, um, the number of people that were empowered to, to make a difference and how that can be misused and abused. Now we're seeing it with QAnon and, and Trump and, and other, you know, this is the same thing, even though we you might cheer on uh, what's happening here a little bit and, you know, get some giggles in at the, at the fat cats uh, finally uh, having the table turned on them a little bit. I do, do worry about, uh, uh, you know, where this, the, the, the dark side of where this can all go to, just like we're seeing in our politics. Cool. Joe, I think that's just about all the time we have this week. You know, thanks, Alex, because I know we were debating whether we we're going to throw that GameStop uh, Wall Street stuff in here, but uh, but you persisted. And so, I no, I think it's something we all need to think about and talk about. But uh, we'll, we'll get some more listener questions in next week. Uh, I want to thank you for listening to that trippy show. A reminder, if you have a question, submit it on iTunes in the review section or email us at thattrippyshow at gmail.com. If you do go to iTunes, please leave a review, rate us. Um, and also, tell your friends about the podcast. I want to get a lot more. Um, I think there are other interested people people who would be interested, but uh, I, I, I've only got you uh, to help me reach out, help me and Alex reach out to them. So if you enjoy the podcast, tell your friends, and we'll see you next Friday.